So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce the mom of the group, the matriarch, Martha Dodson. Come on up, Martha. Oh, do you already have the mic? Okay. Do you all need the podium? You need the podium. Okay. You need my tambourine? No. Okay. From the, all right, let's give it up for the, from the pit to the palace. Good morning. Good morning. Ooh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's in the house. Yeah. So I want to thank Pastor Harold and our First Lady Mary Lou for this, for this opportunity Amen. to share with you what the Lord God has done for me in my life and the lives of my children. And, and, and just to impart with you that um, if he could do that for this family, he can do it for you too. Amen. You know, so never give up. Never give up on God. He'll never give up on you. So something that kept coming to my heart and my mind while I was sitting there, even though I was already prepared, you know, you get prepared and then God shows up and says, no, you're not going there. <laughs> and so um, he kept saying all charges are dropped. All charges are dropped by his precious blood through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Lord and our Savior. And um, so just to give you a little bit of background as far as where that is tied to. So I, um, I come from a family of non-believers. You know, there was no God in our lives growing up. There was uh, no Lord, no prayer, no word. Only Bible in our house was a big Catholic church Bible about this big and this fat, and she kept notes in it, and she kept pictures. Never to be open for the word of God, for the purpose of this word. And so I grew up with no God, and, and I come from a generation that is passed on to us that children's are burdens, they're not blessings. We were a burden. You know, how will I clothe you? What would I feed you? There was no God, so they didn't know the principle of the Lord will provide. And so um, from a very early age, I, I came up with that of rejection, of not being wanted, unplanned. And, and guess what? From generation to generation, right? Curse, generation to generation, curses. And so I, too, grew up in that attitude. And so... Um, the word of the God, one of my very favorite scriptures is out of Jeremiah 5.1. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So I stand here before you, brothers and sisters, family of God. I am not afraid of condemnation from man, because all charges have been dropped. And I say all that to say that I was not the best mother. I, too, like my mother, I don't know who my biological father is. I don't know, but I have a father. Amen. My children from the very firstborn is a result of a rape. I got raped at 14 years old. I gave birth to my son at 15. And so then the story moves on that I turned to all 
the wrong things in the wrong places to accept, to receive acceptance and love in all the wrong places. So my second child came along from a drug uh, at a dealer. And then there I went to the pit. I stayed in the pit for many years. I can tell you that my third daughter was born in the Texas Department of Corrections because that's where that road led me. I can tell you that my fourth son, Michael, was born in Tom Green County Jail right out here because that's where it led me. So that leaves my children out there with no mother, no father, no guidance. And so, but God. I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ during those times of incarceration as it is the story of my children as well. And I had an encounter with him and I believed him with all my heart. See, I've been to the penitentiary five times, not counting how many times I've been locked up because of trying to find a feel for that void that only Jesus Christ could feel. And so I went there and I kept going back, doing the same things, expecting different results, insanity. I was all caught up in the, in the devil had me and he lied to me and I kept believing that lie and so then I lived that lie and so the last time that I was in the penitentiary though when I got released I went outside those gates and I nailed down outside the gates and I threw my hands up in the air and I said father don't ever let me come back here again I said I want to serve you and you will be my lord I trust you with my life I trust you with my kids I trust you lord It's been almost 30 years since I've been back to the penitentiary. God is faithful. He is Lord. He is God. He is merciful. He is kind. He is, and, and, but get this, you know, the one who has been forgiven much is expected much, right? And it also says that those who have much to be forgiven love much. You know, I can tell you today that um, my mother died of the disease of alcoholism. My brother died of the disease of alcoholism. And uh, I buried my husband of 20 years that God put in my life that loved me, accepted me, because mind you, none of my children had a dad in their lives, a biological dad. I was an adulteress. I was a fornicator. I was all those things. Yes, I was, but all the dr- charges are dropped. And so I had all these children out of wedlock, unplanned, just like my mother, unplanned pregnancies, unwanted at that. I had the idea that they were all burdens and not blessings. This man that the Lord put in my life in 1992 showed me that my children were blessings. They were not burdens. He was a praying man. He was a godly man. He stood on the word of God and he knew the truth. And he helped me raise these children. And my children are men and women of a living God. They serve the Lord with everything that they are. You know, the word of God says, train the children in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. It's not been pretty. By no means has it been pretty. God had a lot of work to do on me. You know, there was a lot of brokenness there. 
And so that's what I passed on to my children. You know, a lot of brokenness. And each of them had to go out there, and my husband used to say, oh, they're just working on their testimony. <laughs> and, and, and they were. I didn't know that at the time. You know, even now, we don't know what it looks like. But we trust. We trust in the loving and forgiving God. And, and it is paid in full. You know, I've been forgiven. I'm like the woman at the well. That he said, I knew everything about, he knew everything about me. And all he had to say was, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. And time and time again in the word, God tells that woman, the adulteress. He who has no sin, let him cast the first stone. Where are they? I will condemn you either. Go and sin no more. One more time. The Lord keeps telling me, go and sin no more. Go to be, says Dr. Dennis. Go to be. We are the pits from the palace. We've been delivered from the pit. And man, mind you, we're not rich in, in, in financial status and home and what have you. As a matter of fact, I live pretty humbly and I like it that way. I like it that way. I'm happy. So that man that helped me raise my children passed away in 2013. God called the best home. And I know he went straight to heaven. There was no detours there. You know, and I married someone else that's also God-centered. I've been blessed to have men of God that believe in the Lord and in the word of God. And we stand on the word. And we look not to the left or to the right, but we look straight to Jesus. You know, the word of God is the answer to everything. It will direct us. It will mold us. It will make us. And now I don't want to take up my time. I've already burned the popcorn, Pam. So with that, I'm going to bring my last born, my miracle from God. All my miracles are my children and my blessings today. I send them weekly texts daily, and I say my blessings. Michael, come. I give you Michael. How's it going, Freedom Family? Good. Good to see you. I'm glad the house is packed. Thanks, God. <laughs> um, so I'm Michael. I was born on probation, and uh, no, not really. <laughs> I had a up, hard upbringing, man. I was exposed to a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was exposed to a lot of stuff at an early age, and. Um, Golly, I got I got a I got a mouthful at an early age. I mean, most of y'all wouldn't even know this, but I was a heroin addict for the first five years of my daughter's life, and um, alcoholic, and pretty much everything else above. I, I was just always trying to do it my way, and I was the last to get saved, you know. And uh, it, it took a lot. Like God, God's so good. He just like he let me open each door, and he would close them, but you know, I went to prison one time, and that's what helped me get off heroin. And whenever I came back, you know what I mean? I got complacent, and I wasn't strong in the word, and I went back out there. And uh, I wasn't on heroin exactly, but I replaced it with other drugs like meth and alcohol and, you know, all the, all the bad stuff. Anyways, um, I'm here to tell you that, you know, God is faithful. Someone was holding the rope for me because 
he allowed me not to go to prison again to find him. He allowed me to cry out, you know, have my fill of the world and just cry out to him from the bottom of my heart. And he answered. He opened the door. And I've been saved now about a year, but golly, it's been awesome. I mean, I've seen him restore my life. He's, uh, I'm, I'm hosting Bible studies now. I'm, my daughter gets to actually stay with me every other weekend. First time in 10 years, praise God. So, I mean, I'm, I haven't, you know, I haven't figured it all out. I'm still just pressing forward, but I'm just, I'm thankful that I was able to uh, survive that, 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 that past and to get my fill of it, to know that it didn't taste any good. Nothing, nothing satisfies like Jesus. I mean, I actually sleep at night. <laughs> I actually, there's peace in my rest. I dream and I wake up rejuvenated, not, not like nothing ever before. And um, yeah, it's, it gets hard sometimes, but I mean, with Jesus on my side, how could I lose? And how can I fear men, you know? And it's, it's all about what he's done, nothing that I've done. And he's so good, man. He's looking at my family. We're all, I'm privileged to be able to have everybody. You know, most people get saved and have to lose their family because they're still of the world. But that wasn't the case for me. And I'm very proud of my family. And I love them deeply for always being. My brother's been an awesome big brother. And uh, my sisters are just awesome. They were holding the rope for me. And they've. I guess their prayers are getting answered today. And... Thank you. This I found so much comfort in this in this church. It's it's a praying church. You can see it by their fruit. I mean, people just love on you everywhere and they don't judge you. And that's what it's about, you know, because I know for the longest time that's what kept me out of church was like, oh man, they think they're all too good. And that wasn't the case here. As soon as I came in, everybody was interested and wanted to know who I was. What's my story? So all glory to God. You know, I stand here, look what the Lord has done. This is, this is all the Lord. <laughs> Thank you. I'll pass the mic. So I stand up here with a heavy, happy heart of joy as opposed to before. And um, bear with me, guys, because I'm not the best uh, speaker as far as public goes however i i must let you guys know what the lord has done for my husband and i and um the blessings the the truth behind our journey of what we endured and with that being said um i remember once my dad had passed away i, I took it really hard and i was mourning for some time and that took me down a dark dark road of just depression suicidal um you know, bondage. I was just so lost. And before I knew it, I spiraled out of control in addiction. And for a good three years, I had just lost myself and I was on the verge of losing what means everything to me, which are my children. And by the grace of God, it didn't get that far. But because I had seen the fruits of what the Lord was already doing in my older brother and my sister Rose, I knew that there was some form of peace out there in a different way of living. I just didn't know how to get it. But so in my mess, I remember just being sick and tired of being sick and tired and crying out to the Lord with everything in me. And as soon as I did, he came to me in visions in three days worth. And so like the first time I had a horrible encounter of seeing like a realm of 
demonic nicks of, because that's the kind of lifestyle I was living. Those are, uh, that was the door I had wide open at the time. And so I remember him showing me that if I didn't turn from my ways, that there is a world of demons like a, a whirlpool and that that's where I would be headed had I not turned away from my sin and, um, you know, quit and, you know, just continue to call on him. And so I, I did, I remember just praying and I didn't even know how to pray, but I cried out, I cried out. And then the second day I heard an audio voice and it, I just know that it was angelic. I know to this day that it was an angel that spoke to me saying, it is time, it is time, repent, go to the altar and repent. And I mind you, I didn't even know what the altar meant and what it really means when you come up here and, and things break off of you, things start to move in the spiritual realm. And I didn't know about any of that, but he showed up. And then I remember the third day, he had showed me a vision of my family coming to the altar. My family, um, you know, my husband and my two children. And he was showing me that if I left what I was doing and just suck him full heartedly from that day forward, which I did. After that vision, he showed me that he would restore my family back unto me better than before. And that's exactly what he did. Yes, glory to God, glory to God. So fast forward, here I am four years into sobriety, walking it out as best as I knew how, and in my prayer closet, just praying, praying, nonstop prayer warrior I've become throughout this process. And, you know, he breaks you just to shape you, and that's what he was doing. And so with that being said, I remembered his promise that, you know, he was going to restore my family, and my husband still wasn't restored. He was still in addiction. And I was, as I was growing closer to him, my husband, my marriage was just falling apart. And he was, you know, light and dark don't mix. How many of y'all know that? Like, light and dark do not mix. So we had absolutely nothing in common there toward the end. All I knew is that I needed a God-fearing, seeking man as I was on fire for the Lord, and he needed to be in that same direction, and he wasn't. So I remember crying out in my prayer closet, God, this isn't what you promised me. This isn't what you showed me. Why, why is he just out of control, you know, an addiction? And I just remember, you know, and, and along the way, he started to show me what the anointing oil meant and what it did. So... With that, with my faith, with me standing on his word and in my faith, I would grab the anointing oil and I would anoint his shoes, where he slept, his side of the bed, uh, the pillows that he laid his head on, and um, just crying out nonstop. And after a week, after a week of doing this nonstop, I had told my husband because he had come home one last time at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to remove myself, and you think I'm playing, and I'm not. And so that's what it took. And um, finally, I convinced him to come to church with me. And service was already already toward the end, and he hadn't made his way up to the altar like I had hoped. And so I was like, are you going to go up for prayer? And he was like, no, there's no one up there to pray with me. And I said, oh, no, there's somebody up there. We can get you some prayer. I'll go up there with you. And Lord and behold, I come up to Pam and I ask for prayer. And glory be to God that he had a divine intervention and a divine appointment. I'll let you uh, continue to tell them what happened after that. Well, 
She didn't tell you, um, I call that the sneak attack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, well, like she said, I was caught in addiction. You know, I knew, I went to church and um, I knew of God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. So I just went just to go. Well, when I got older, I started messing up, and at 19, I went to prison for fighting cops and stuff. I just kept, I was an alcoholic and stuff like that. Well, while I was in prison, I started reading the Bible my dad had bought me. It was a study Bible, and uh, when I got to the part where it says you will be held accountable for as much as you know, that's when I stopped and I closed it. And um, from from there, from there, I, I just I didn't open it again. I, and um, well, I ended up getting out of prison, and well, things didn't get better. It's I got worse. Um, went back to drinking. Was on house arrest, and then that's when I. Met Jane, and um, she had to come over because I was on house arrest. (laughs) 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 And, um, well, that's one thing led to another. Um, I ended up getting involved with the wrong people, got hooked on meth, was on meth for over 10 years, um, smoked cigarettes probably about 20 years, and drank. And um, I thought like a lot of other people that hung around me thought there ain't no hope. I started putting that in myself. I'm trying not to cry, (laughs) but God is just so good, you know, it's just, it just takes me back to where I used to be without any hope, with the fruits that the enemy had gave me, which was anger, depression, doubt, because I knew of God, but I just didn't have a relationship, so I didn't know that much about him. And during my addiction, I was just bitter and angry. I was mad at the world. I would get mad at my wife, you know, because my kids wouldn't talk to me because I was an angry person. I always yelled at them. And I would get mad at her because, like, why don't they talk to me, you know? Like, I thought it was them, but little did I know it was me. I was never there. I was stuck in my addiction. I would only come home at night when they were asleep. And I remember, you know, my wife just praying for me. Kept She, she would come to church, and then after she got out of church, she would come and share with me. Yeah, I would listen, but I would go back out and do what I did. But little did she know, 
She was planting that seed. And I remember, man, I remember like yesterday, Rose went to the house, her and Robert, and they told my kids, you want your dad to change? You got to pray for them. It's that childlike faith. You got to pray. And they did. Like I would hear them praying. I would hear her praying. And like she said, like, man, God, God is just so good. I came, I came to church because I, I knew I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was in the verge. I had already lost, you know, two houses over my addiction. And um, I was on the, about to lose my third one and my family. And I was like, well, how can I keep them? I was like, I'll tell him I'll go to church. <laughs> well, I stayed out that night and came back at like 5, 6 in the morning. And um, I was like, okay, well, I text her first to make sure it was safe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'll go to church. I'm, I'm going to start going to church. And uh, <laughs> it, uh, I'm laughing because, you know, she usually says, you promise? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, really, I was just coming just to, to shut her up. I wasn't coming to receive nothing. Yeah, but God. So know that when I came to church that Sunday, today will make a year. When I came to church that Sunday, I was still high. And like she said, you know, we were sitting back there, I remember. And church was over, and they have altar call and all that. And they're like, I just remember, guys go with guys, girls with girls. I was like, okay, all the guys are gone. I'm good. <laughs> and she's all, well, you going to go for prayer? I'm like, no, there ain't no guys up there. She's like, I'll go with you. I was like, okay. Behold, she takes me to Pam. <laughs> I didn't know who Pam was. Or anything, but Sneak attack. yeah, they take me back there, and wow, <laughs> I'll tell you something. I didn't came. I didn't leave the way I came. Yes, I left sober. I left like not even. <laughs> Man, my addiction was gone. I had peace, love. Man, I didn't leave the same. And just know God's still in the miracle business. 
So at that, that was on a Sunday, and I'm trying not to burn the popcorn, but <laughs> but um, it's crazy because that Monday I went to work, and I knew it wasn't me. Um, I had called people that did me wrong and all that, and I apologized. And um, I called my wife, and I think I called Robert. I was like, guess what I did? Guess, guess what? You know, because I knew that that was not in me, or at least I thought. I was like, man, um, I called these people, and I apologized to them, people that came to my heart that I needed to ask for forgiveness. Or, and they told me, they're like, it's just the Lord getting you ready. For what's to come. And um, I was like, all right. I didn't know what that meant, but I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, we had scheduled a deliverance on Wednesday, I think. And somebody had, praise God, somebody canceled and I got put in on Tuesday. <laughs> but before then, it's crazy because I was so excited that I got changed that I, somebody that didn't think I would change, even me for myself, thinking, man, that ain't me. That uh, It's too hard to change through the withdrawals, everything like that. I was like, that, I can't. You're right, I can't. He can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, I was so happy. I started calling my old friends. Hey, look, I'm changed. I remember calling my cousin. And um, I was crying. And I was like, I, I changed. I don't, I don't do drugs no more. He's all, you okay? What's wrong? He's all... <laughs> I'm like, these are tears of joy. I was like, glory be to God that I'm changed now. Where I never thought I would see myself, I am. Yeah, so during that time, I'm almost done. <laughs> um, it's crazy because I, I never knew what attacks from the enemy was. Before I went through deliverance that night, I remember I was getting choked in my dream. I woke up gasping for air. And um, I just heard the enemy say, go back to sleep so I could finish what I started. And I was, thought I was hearing things. I was like, what? And I look at my wife. She's asleep. He's all, no, go back to sleep so I can finish what I started. And I'm like, no, if I'm going to die, somebody's going to know. So I wake her up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I wake her up, and she started praying for me, and it went away. Amen. Yes. So I'm going to leave you with this. Hell lost another one. <laughs> I am free. <laughs>
Now, here comes Robert and Rose, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Amen, amen. So what you've seen so far, this is a church and we talk about miracle signs and wonders. We are miracle signs and wonders. We were once dead, but we're now alive. What the enemy meant for bad, God will use for good. And with a lot of this, you know, I asked the Holy Spirit, we, we have all these things planned and what we're going to say and what we're going to do. But the Holy Spirit is what does what we don't know how to do. And so the Holy Spirit wants me to speak to the little girl in here, the broken little girl, the broken little boy. Not everybody has a story of addiction. I didn't go down that path. I went down being addicted to bad relationships. I was addicted to all the addicts in my life, married any addict or any drunk there could be, and because I was going to fix them, because I had the answer, because I was a fixer, and that was my story. But my story, what it was, is I was a wounded little girl. I couldn't let anyone know how broken I was. Anybody who should have loved me either sexually abused me or physically abused me. My earliest memories from pre-kindergarten till my mom came back for me at, I think I was 11 years old, where were daily abuse. And it was a false responsibility that I picked up, I don't know from where, the enemy is where it came from. He planted in me that it was my responsibility to take the abuse, that I would scoop my sister to the side and take the abuse. But that was false. But glory to God today, I don't like to highlight that girl too much because I'm not her anymore. And I have fought tooth and nail on my knees. I used to fight with this. I was very violent. I was very angry. I mean, come on, you grew up with these people. We were like wolves, you know? It was going to go down. And so that's what it was. But I learned to fight different now. I'm no longer that broken, wounded little girl who's so broken and bleeding out. That's what I tell everybody. I was bleeding. I bled, and when I bled, I was going to bleed on you, 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 and you were no longer going to harm me. I'll get you before you get me. But that was the lie. But glory to God that we serve a living God, not that dead God, not that dead Jesus on the cross, a living God who imparts the spirit of God inside of you. So that's why I'm here today. Not so much to give glory to what it was, but again, I speak to the little girl and boy in here who were abandoned, rejected, who said, if God is real, then why? Why don't I have a Pastor Mary Lou and a Pastor Harold in my, as my parents? That was a true question. And I know you have your struggles, but I didn't have that. When, it's one thing to not have a daddy, but when you don't have a mommy, it's kind of weird. And not to mention the other background of being lice infested, that dirty throwaway person. For you people who sit in a church, I'm speaking to you, that maybe you might be guilty of this. I don't know. Let God do the convicting. But to sit by that person who doesn't look like you, doesn't smell like you, or doesn't have their hair combed, maybe no one taught them. No one taught me to take a bath. No one taught me to get you washed your clothes in a washing machine. Salvation Army was the big Walmart back then. So that's truth. So I speak to that person as well. Never judge. Never judge. Because God created me with a purpose. And even though from conception the enemy lied to me, it was for such a time as this. And you mess with, another, with the wrong one. I ain't playing games. Because of my background, I don't play games. You want some? 
I'm here to bring you some, and I'm taking it back by force. The scripture that the Lord spoke to me this morning, and he, it was just in me. And when we were in your life group, Pastor, when we first got to this church five years ago, I told you, I said, I believe the Lord's giving me the scripture. It's actually Isaiah 61, but I'm going to read the short version of it, and it's in Luke 4:18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released in Jesus' name, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And so we stand here, we share what the Lord has done in our lives, but we're not, there's nothing special about us. It's available to everybody here. If you're fighting and warring for a relative who won't, oh, it don't look like it. Boy, if y'all knew what we had to see and believe and stand on faith, when you're seeing track marks on people, their arms are full of pus. They can't even stay awake when they're around you because they're so high. Then come on, do not grow weary of doing good. Because in due time, you will reap a harvest. We're reaping a harvest of it today. One last thing. I'm, not, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. How y'all doing? Uh, real quick, same thing. I was lost. I was lost at an early age, about 12. Uh, we started running around, running running in the streets, everything else. By 13, I was getting high, uh, drinking, breaking houses, cars. At 18, I, ended up, I got locked up, and I went to prison. I went to prison for four years, got out in three years, two months, and I stayed out 33 days. In that 33 days, I basically parted the whole time and went back for another four-year sentence within that time. I got out in 2009, and in 2009, I had knew the truth. I had, for, I had learned about Jesus in there, but I, had, I wasn't ready. I, I, didn't, I wasn't ready to fully surrender. So from 2009 to 2017, I was caught up in every other addiction you could think of, alcohol, women, drugs, uh, robbing, stealing, everything you could think of, I did. And finally, in 2017, I had hit rock bottom. I got tired, I was just tired. I used to look at myself in the mirror in the restroom and I would cry and I would cry and I would, Robert, who are you? I didn't have no direction. I didn't have nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. I was tired, I was broken. And sitting in the car, I had lost my job, I had lost my apartment, I had lost everything. I was sitting in the car in Odessa at the park and I finally cried out. And a song came on, Carry Job Forever. And that came on on the radio. And that day I cried, I cried, and I cried, and now I know it was my soul crying out, and I meant it because I was tired, I was broken. And my life changed after that. I heard move back to San Angelo, and I moved back, and I got plugged in. And I had fully surrendered this time. I said, Lord, I can't do it no more, I'm done. And I meant it this time. And my life started changing. But now I've been set free. It's been, it's been a process, but I no longer deal with the, uh, the addiction, depression, that murderous spirit that I used to have, I used to be able to do stuff and wouldn't think twice about it. I don't have that no more. And I just thank God for what he's doing. I know that I know that now is the time. Now is the time. Everything that we went through, everything that I've been through, it's for today. It's for the people that were like me, that, that, that they didn't have no hope. They didn't have no direction. I have direction now. I could see now. And I thank God for what he's doing. I just, now's the time. Now's the time to go. Now's the time to do the work. And I just thank God for what he's doing, and I thank you for Pastor Harley Merlew. I'm going to welcome my brother Joe and Kyla. And Pam, I just want to say publicly, I honor you.
I thank you for every season you have been in my life. Through everything you've been there, I honor you. Hello, I'm Kyla. For y'all that don't know me, my name is Kyla Garcia. This is my husband, Joe. Um, just a real quick little short testimony. Um, I was raised with both of my parents in the house. Um, I knew there was a God, but I did not have a personal relationship with him. Um, so that led me on the wrong path. As I got older, I would go out, drink, experiment with drugs. Um, and I had two failed uh, marriages because of that. Then I met my husband, now Joe, at a bar. Um, I was still in the world when I met him. He was in the world. Um, and at the time, he had told me he, was, he sold drugs. So I was like, well, I could use you in my life at that time. <laughs> so, um, you know, we were together for just a short period of time. He went his way. I went mine. I ended up getting pregnant with um, our oldest son, Max. He's 13 now. Um, when he was born, Max, uh, Joe had went to prison, and he was in prison for five years. And so I raised our oldest son, Max, by myself. Um, and Joe's family would always tell me, I don't know why you're waiting on him. He's not going to change. You know, he's, he's not. And I'm like, but, you know, I could see that the Lord was doing something in him. The Lord had to remove him from here, put him in there. I know to us it's like, oh, my gosh, he's in prison. That's what could be worse than that. But the Lord's like, that's where he has to be. I have to work on him. And that's where he was working on him. And so he helped me. See, in my past marriages, I'd never prayed with anybody. I didn't even know how to do that. And for the first time I prayed with my husband now, I'd go visit him at visitation, and we'd pray together. You know, And even through the phone calls, the letters, everything was about the Lord. Like He was working on him in there. He was working out on me out here while I was raising our son. And I knew that he was going to change, and he would. And so... I just give all the glory to God because I knew that there was a God, but now actually, like, I know he's my daddy. He's my father. Like, the reason that I am saved today is because of him. He died for me. And even though I did all those horrible things, went out, drank, tried drugs, and, and had two failed marriages or whatever, I don't see. That's my past. This is me now, and I keep pushing forward. And I just thank him, and thank you all for listening to me. Here's my husband, Joe. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, if you see me and you see that I scream a lot and you see that I get crunk for Jesus, now you know why. Now you understand. You see, this morning my cup runs over. My cup runs over. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary for in due season you shall reap the harvest if we do not faint. You see, that's what's happening here. We talk about the miracles, we talk about the signs, and we talk about the wonders. This is a miracle. This is a sign. This is a wonder. I think about Betty when she looked back at somebody and said, what do you think has been happening the last three years? Miracles, signs, and wonders have been happening here. Our ministry is that of one of to encourage you. Our ministry is to say that, hold on. Our ministry is to say that, keep on pressing. Our ministry is to say, if you're praying for your mom and she's out there bound, look what he has done to my mom. One that they said, she's always going to be a heroin addict. There was a time in my life when I was in prison and I was beat up. I was tore up from the floor up, from the feet up, no hope. And I cried out to God and he gave me a word and he said, no, she, he, I got a plan for her. And I broke through the, through the third heaven. I cried out for her and I received the word of God. And it says, you and your family shall be saved. You see, I come today in the name of Jesus. 
that the breath of God will be upon the vision that God has given you. Maybe you have forgot about the dream that God gave you. See, 13 years ago, God gave me a dream. 13 years ago, God gave me a vision. You see, God's looking for one man, one woman that will stand up and, and fight against the forces of evil for that one. For Joseph, it took him 14 years before the dream came to pass. Many of you maybe have forgotten about the dream, about the vision that God gave you. And you thought it's never going to come to pass. And I come today and say in the name of Jesus that God's ready to move upon your vision. He wants to breathe life upon it in the same way that the prophet breathed upon the dry bones. And they arose a mighty army. God's raising up an army. Is there anybody here that will stand up for Jesus? Is there somebody here that will come to the front and say, I'll be that one? Is there somebody here that will say, like God, when he spoke into my heart and I said you can't have my mom you can't have my brothers you can't have my sisters in the name of Jesus and here they are set free on fire for God God wants to fan the flame in your heart this morning you know see I don't really share my testimony nowadays too much it speaks for itself but we already ready to do an altar call I believe Holy Spirit ready to do what he does work. Amen. And that's the first call. If you're that one that's been crying out to God, maybe you're grown weary. Maybe you feel like, God, where, where were you at? Because that's the way I was when I was on my face in a prison cell after a visitation with my mom on fire for God, praying, praying, fasting up to five days, just praying and fasting, praying and fasting. didn't seem like anything was going to happen. And I was on my face, and I was crying out for my mom. She had went to visit me, and she had all these pus marks on her arm because she had been shooting up dope. And I looked into her eyes, and all I saw was death. There was none but death in her eyes. She was walking dead. And I went, and I started to cry out to God, and I felt the voice of God just overtake me, and I jumped up from there. I went from being defeated to being what the word of God says, that we are more than conquerors. And I come to encourage you today, and I say this is what the result of that cry is. Jeremiah 33 says, call unto me, and I will hear you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you have never seen. Didn't nobody ever think there was any hope for us from where we come from. No hope. You'll always end up in prison. They told my mom, he's they told my wife, he's never going to change. There's no hope for that one. But God, Amen. God had a plan. God had a purpose. God has a plan. God has a purpose for you, man of God. God has a plan. God has a purpose for every one of us. And God is calling us to take our place. Is there somebody here that will come to the front and take their place? We'll be bold right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to the King of Kings. He's ready. He's ready. I want to ask the ministry team to come up and get ready to start praying. The ground has already been tilled up. The ground is fertile. It's good ground. Holy Spirit's already taking control. We are but vessels. A long time ago, many of us have prayed this. We say, God, if you would hear my cry, I'll be careful to give you the glory. I'll be careful to give you the praise. And that's what we're doing this morning because I said that. I said, God, if you would change my family, I'll be careful to give you the glory. I'll be careful to give you the praise. So we up here giving God glory. We up here giving God praise for what he done. Curses are being broken already. Generational curses are being broken. The kingdom of God is inside of you. If you want some special prayer, 
You see, my brothers and my sisters, they've been raised up by Pam and Betty, amen, disciples, so they're deliverance warriors too. You want to go meet with them, they'll go in there and they'll do some work. Go to the throne room of God. He's worthy. Revelation 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. God want to give you a testimony. How come today to encourage you to not give up? We come today to encourage you to press in towards the presence of God. We come today to encourage you not to be a spectator, to not just be a pew warmer, but to go and take your place that God has created specifically for you. He's got a plan. He's got a perfect specifically for you. Will you take your place this morning? Watchmen, will you take your place? Watchmen, will you rise up and begin to sound the alarm when you see the sheep in wolf's clothing coming in the midst of the body? Watchmen, will you rise up and come to the front and take your place? Evangelists, will you come forth and take your place and begin to preach the gospel of the living God? We appreciate y'all and we love y'all. We just want to give God glory. We just want to give him praise and we thank y'all. We thank y'all for giving us y'all's time and your attention. We're blessed to be a part of pastors who are allow us to be used by God. Many pastors won't do that. Thank you, Pastor Harold. I love you. <laughs>